Chapter 9 The next week crawled by without incident. The 4th of July came and went without celebration. Britt had her summer classes throughout the week, so I had plenty of time to spend alone with my thoughts. Considering what she had told me following Mike's funeral, I needed time to myself. I'd also had to deal with my sister. We'd gotten into a fight after the funeral, but I gave in to avoid further conflict. I often had to humor her by agreeing. I didn't want her to regress. Talking to her was like trying to poke a sleeping grizzly with a stick. It was often advisable to just keep walking. My attempts at getting back into shape had fallen flat. I went to the gym, but I just sat on a bench and stared at the wall. I was in a daze till someone asked to use it. I muttered an apology, moved on to a weight machine, not sure which. All I needed was a place to sit down and break down. By the time I'd left, I'd spent an hour in the weight room, hadn't lifted a single weight. I spent most of the week thinking about Mike and how he had vanished from my life. It didn't even seem real. I remember the detective telling me his death could have been the result of foul play. I considered what Britt had told me, but I also thought about what my mom had said, that I'd left the house during the afternoon of his accident. Britt could have parked down the road from my parents' house and driven my Jeep. Maybe she was trying to frame me. It wasn't a thought I wanted to entertain, but it was possible, I guess. By now I'd realized that anything was possible. I wasn't answering my phone much. I had several missed calls from the same number, probably Detective Minden. If he needed me, he'd find me. I was sitting on the couch at my apartment, trying to hatch a plan for my life, when Britt arrived with a Domino's pizza. I brought you a pizza! She placed it on the coffee table. Pizza was the last thing I wanted. I've been doing a lot of thinking, I said. Sorry, I need to get going. We can talk when I get back later, okay? And she took off for the bathroom. I rose from the couch. Where are you going? She stopped short, turned to face me. I told you earlier today. I'm going out with my friends. She seemed annoyed. Maybe I told you yesterday. I don't remember, but I know I told you. I couldn't remember her telling me anything, but my mind had been all over the place. It shouldn't have mattered. I wanted to be alone. But she annoyed me. Okay, that's cool, I guess, I said, trying to hide my inner conflict. So what should I do while you go out partying? We're not partying. We'll probably just split a bottle of wine and watch a movie. And she laughed. It seemed forced. She walked toward me, stopping just a few inches away. Her perfume was strong. I took her in my arms, taking in her essence. I exhaled. Relaxing was a good idea, though I didn't like the way she had said it. She was floating along, ignorant to the turmoil surrounding us. She had acted so strange following Mike's funeral. The comment she'd made about Mike speaking to her was haunting, not to mention that look in her eyes. I didn't want to broach the subject again, but I needed to see if she still believed what she'd said. Maybe I'd heard her wrong or misinterpreted her. I hoped so. I tried to let it go, but it kept prodding me. Have you talked to Mike late this week? I ran one hand through my hair, grimaced, bracing for her answer. Her eyes twinkled, not quite a glazed overlook, but something was off. I told you, I'm not supposed to say anything. But hold that thought, I need to go to the bathroom real quick. I'm not supposed to say anything. Yep, she still believed it. Mike's warning might have been valid. Britt wasn't acting right. But I need more proof of her insanity, especially if I ever needed to convince someone else. She still seemed normal most of the time, but she was showing flashes of instability. I needed a drink for this. 
I took a deep breath and reached in the fridge for a Bud Light. I popped a top, took a long drink, and walked back to the living room. Britt had exited the bathroom and rejoined me. So why can't you tell me about Mike? I asked, setting my beer down next to the pizza. Huh? Oh yeah, well there isn't much to say. Her eyes suddenly seemed more distant. Mike's appeared to me. He's not ready to show himself to you yet. He doesn't think you'd be able to handle it because of how things ended between you two. I placed my hand against my forehead. We both collapsed onto the couch. My head ached. I was sweating. I leaned back, away from her. I wasn't sure if she actually believed that Mike had appeared to her, or if she was trying to push me. He has appeared to you? How? She furrowed her brow, remaining silent until it became uncomfortable. She looked in my eyes and smiled. It happens when I'm getting ready for bed. Sometimes it's earlier in the afternoon. Her smile vanished. It looked like she'd seen a ghost. When you're getting ready for bed? I asked. She was somber, looking somewhere beyond me. Yes. He's always nice, but he's worried about you. He wants you to move on and be happy. She nodded. Does this happen at your house or here? I was trying to test her delusion. I was restraining the impulse to erupt on her. He spoke to me last night when you were in the shower. She finally showed a flash of concern. He said that he needed to hurry because he didn't want to upset you. He didn't want you to hear him and... Her look of concern had morphed into a terrified shock. Her mouth dropped open and she shook her head violently. He doesn't want me to say anything else. No, I can't say anything else. The shaking intensified. I've said too much. Please. No. She was losing her damn mind. I inched back to the couch. When the shaking finally stopped, I knelt down beside her, placed my hand on her thigh. She locked eyes with mine and smiled. It's okay, it's okay, I said, rubbing her leg. You don't have to say anything else. Thank you, baby. You should go have fun tonight. I know I will. She raised her eyebrows twice while biting her lower lip. I should get going. I know I will, I thought. I hesitated before kissing her. She turned and left. Distance would be good. I needed to get my head on straight. I also needed a shower. While showering, I couldn't help but wonder what I'd just witnessed. I caught myself looking around the shower curtain more than once to see if she had followed me. Britt was deteriorating, but I needed to stand by her to help her. I wondered if Mike's death had triggered her decline. She might have felt responsible for his death, or maybe she was trying to cover her tracks. I also wondered whether she was building an insanity defense. There were too many possible explanations, but they all seemed crazy. After my shower, I drove north to Gentry. I needed to have a good time. I deserved it. The stress of the past few weeks had been wearing me thin, both literally and figuratively. I dropped at least five pounds, which wasn't helpful when I wanted to get back on the football team. I pulled my Jeep to a stop in front of the barnyard. It was the first time I'd been back since my fight with Mike. I wondered if any of our old classmates would be there, wanting to reminisce about the good old days. It might have been helpful, but I wanted to distance myself from any of that. Back so soon? I guess you missed me. Carly smiled as I stepped up to the bar. I sat in the same bar stool as the night I fought with Mike. I hoped it would be therapeutic. Of course. I needed to make up for lost time, I said. Carly quickly handed me a Bud Light, moved on down the line. As I watched her walk away, a tiny finger poked my lower back. Hey there, stranger. 
I spun around and couldn't believe who was standing before me. Alexa Paulson. She looked the same. She had long black hair, hazel eyes, a petite, slender frame. She'd always been sexy. An undeniable tension had always existed between us, but I'd always remained strong. I think. There was a night during our senior year that I couldn't quite remember. Alexa had worn her light brown cowboy boots, embossed with little bluebirds around each ankle. She had smelled of cotton candy, couldn't keep her eyes or hands off me. Her boyfriend had stirred her up, and Britt had left early, so Alexa made her move. I'd been too drunk to remember exactly what happened from there. After graduation, she moved out to Boulder to attend the University of Colorado, and I hadn't seen her since. Tonight, she was wearing tiny denim shorts, pastel green unbuttoned top over a tight white tank top. Dark strands of hair crashed upon one another in waves. Her contrasting attire complemented her olive-tanned skin. She stopped just short of throwing her arms around me. I caught her familiar cotton candy scent, resulting in a long, captivated blink. Alexa, I said. It's been a while. You look great. Yeah, yeah. You're always so sweet, Ty. She went ahead and wrapped her arms around me. How have you been? I'm good. I'm still dating Brittany. It was an awkward transition, but I didn't know what else to say at that point. She lost a little color but flashed a weak smile. A girl I lost out to. She shook her head and blushed a little. She'd never been the shy type. It must be going well? She asked. I looked around the bar, probably long enough. She continued. You don't have to say anything. And she laughed. We've all been there. I'm sorry, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Where to begin? Nah, let's not talk about that, I said. She flashed a mischievous grin. How about some shots? It was now hours after drinking with Alexa at the barnyard. She had vanished and I was alone, attempting to track down a ride. I dialed Brittany Boyer, but her phone went straight to voicemail. Again. I couldn't remember the last time she had actually answered. Her number was the same as it had always been. Britt had said that she was going to be with friends. I assumed that meant Maddie and Kayla, but maybe not. Maybe she had made new friends. I needed to find out. I wanted to talk to Maddie, so that made the decision easier to call Kayla. If Maddie came to get me, I wasn't sure what I might try to do. The sad realization. Ty? Kayla sounded like she'd been sleeping. I wouldn't have called so late if I didn't think she was drinking with Brittany. Hey, uh, is Britt with you? I felt drunk, a little possessive. Brittany? Kayla sounded surprised. Maybe they weren't together tonight. Maybe Britt was out with someone else. Yep, Brittany. I laughed nervously. She with you? No. Ty, she's not here. And she paused. Ty? Never mind. I'm sorry, let's talk later. Hang in there, okay? Sorry about what? I asked. Not now. I can't. We'll talk soon. If my mind wasn't racing before, it was speeding laps around Talladega now. Where was Brittany, and why was Kayla sorry? The preceding pause made it sound that much worse, like Kayla was trying to cover for her friend. I needed to see if I could reach Maddie. Maybe it was nothing. Maybe I was overreacting. I called Maddie. Hey, this is Maddie. You know what to do. Moi. And that was that. Once again, I was stranded outside the barnyard. I tried to get a hold of Alexa, but she must have already passed out. 
I didn't have anyone else I could call, at least not anyone I wanted to spend time with. Walking to my parents' house would get me there by sunrise, or I could throw caution in the wind and drive. Somehow I convinced myself that I was good enough to make it back to Reedville. I had nothing left to lose.